0: You are now listening to Fixed Ops Chops, a podcast designed by top industry experts to provide you the cutting-edge information you need for a lucrative fixed operations department. Stay up to date on the hottest profit-strengthening products, services, and technologies. And now your host, CEO of Traction, automotive industry leader, and fixed operations expert, Dave Boyle.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Pick Stop Shops here live from the floor of uh, NADA 2023 here in my hometown of Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Dave Boyle Attraction. Um, as you may have seen already, if you've watched a couple of the earlier little short uh, interviews we got going on here, we're doing a bunch of rapid fire interviews with some industry movers and shakers here on the show floor. Um, and this next guy I actually don't know very well. I just met him two minutes ago. Um, and I, I got a bio, he's a, he's a good friend with one of our, our sales reps, and I got a bio them that referred to him as the Tennessee Titan, which I, I love nicknames. Uh, and I actually had a whole bunch of questions scheduled to ask uh, Michael Berch, but I thought he was just giving me a bit of a, um, a background on, on your life story, and it, it, it touched me, dude. I gotta tell you, it's uh, I love hearing stories like this. Um, why don't you share with the audience your what do you say, you had a life-changing event? Yeah, a couple I,
0: of them, it sounds like. I, I did, I suffered my second life-changing event in January of last year. And- and instead of making this a pity party about me and health issues, I share this story with people openly openly like we just talked about. Because I want to be able to teach other people that it's okay to go through adversity. It's about how you respond to those adversities that is the ultimate win. I'm a highly competitive guy, I've been my whole life. Um, and so I, I look at everything through a win and loss lens. And you gotta stack wins, man. <laughs> Well, at least this life-changing event, if you don't mind me sharing, I mean,
1: it was, as you said yourself, you run death's door not once, but twice. That's that correct. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, and in the, end of the, in the end of it, it was, they, the doctors think stress, right? Correct. It's a stressful industry we're in. It definitely can be. <laughs> it can be, <laughs> it can be. But you've, uh, you've spun it around, and now you've decided to uh, take the doctor's advice and step away
0: um, from how long were you working in stores? Well, almost 30 years, years. maybe longer. I don't want to date myself, but I can't hide the gray in my beard, right?
1: You Um, you decided to to go in a bit of a different direction and, and do some uh, private consulting work and help dealers that need fixing and turning around. So
0: Yeah, I, I just think there's too many dealers out there that don't have high-level leadership from a service manager or a fixed ops director. And I think that every one of those dealers could win if they understood that good people and good processes deliver the results the customers are looking for. And I think in, in your particular situation with traction and selling tires, what we need to convey to a dealer is that we need to teach the dealers how to save their customers and return back to the dealer and keep them in, in the, the buying cycle, right? So hopefully we had an opportunity to take care of them at some point in time before they needed tires and we were educating customers on the importance of hey we're a tire dealer right because we want to sell them tires and it's just the simple things like i'm probably the only guy you've ever talked to in your career that shared information with customers on what a what a a tire tread depth was in the tire itself, right? So, you know, it serves perception right up. You could look and turn the wheel and see what the tires look like, but you could do that with a brand new customer, take them over to your wall and say, hey, Mr. Customer, this is a tread wear right. bar. And when your tires wear, this is gonna become more visible. And just so you know, and so customers eat that stuff up. They wanna have relationships with dealers, but we don't share enough with them. We just have to have open, honest, Transparent communication. You know, it's um, absolutely. And, you
1: know, going on 13 years now, we've been doing this with traction. And one of the things that we found, in fact, I wrote a piece on this not long ago. Um, and technicians just aren't generally motivated to, 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 to look for timers. You know, in our industry, they don't make a lot of money on You know, I literally just had a the well-known service director in the in the booth here not that long ago and he was saying, listen, you know I got I got a guy that's got you know an estimate with eight nine hundred dollars worth of stuff on it, and there's an eight nine hundred dollars set of tires that he doesn't make any money on. Which one do you think he's going to present first? Is you know, present the stuff that he makes money on? One of the things that we've been trying to talk to preach to dealers is I get that, but it's extremely short sighted from the dealership standpoint because the the, the the industry data, not our data, but the industry data that's out there today that talks about the linkage between retention and tires is. Massive. I mean, it's just it's undeniable now that if you lose the tire sale, you're likely going to lose the customer at some point. If you lose the customer from your service department at some point, you have that much harder time um, selling uh, selling that next vehicle. Right? That's right. So it's um, so you were talking about. I think it was one of the stores that you were at Sun store or something where you had a ton of success a number of years ago selling tires. What was your secret?
0: Well, you have to be committed to the process. So. For, so just go back a minute what you were talking about, the previous fixed ops director that allowed their advisors to make the choice on <laughs> what they wanted to sell a customer. Yeah. That's criminal behavior. It is. I think the way you get intentional with selling tires is to educate your team. Right. You have to teach them what they don't know about tires right. to be able to talk about it. But then you have to pay them for it. So right. I think the pay plan is key. Um, I've had tires in my pay plan probably going back to 2004 I could be wrong somewhere in that neighborhood I get it it may not be the most profitable thing but when you look at some of the JD Powers data out there and some of the others that tie the retention factor into the dealership when you're letting a manager or advisor control the profitability at the store long term I mean that just doesn't make sense to me Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right but unfortunately and I guess this time
1: Leads into my next question. I've been asking everybody the same question, so I'm going to ask you to get your take on it. Um, You know, there's always been this sales and service thing, right, in our business, Mm -hmm. right? And ever, we refer to service as, you know, the back the back end, the back of the house. You know, and it's sort of, there's that sort of, you know, second, you know, second-in-line connotation to that. Uh, and I think that there's some things that are going to happen in the next decade, which is why I think it's great you're doing what you're doing, Dealers are going to need help with this, but in the next decade, whether it's EVs, whether it's different, different sales and distribution models, OEM, selling direct, whatever, dealers are going to need not just good, fixed ops they're going to need world-class fixed ops That's right. in order to survive and in order to replace I think a lot of the money they're, that they're going to lose on the front end of the business as different things change to me the first step in that is that the owners GMs guys that you used to work for we've got to change that mindset of that front and back and service needs to be the front of the house and you know out back is where we park the cars and deliver them from. The service needs to be to be front and center. How do we change that mindset in this industry? There's a lot of old school thinkers out there that still believe this is just about selling cars.
0: Well, I, I would disagree. I've been a, a high level fixed ops director for a long time, and I did mention competitive. Okay. Um, I also graduated from the NAD Dealer Academy in in 2007. So I think. You know, my skill set is I could be a GM and run a store, but my passion is fixed operations. And I I think you can't have silos in a dealership that, whether you admit are there or not, they're divisive. It doesn't help for a customer experience, it doesn't help for an employee experience. But where I think it needs to change is that we talk about the variable side and we talk about the fixed side but we need to speak the same language. And I think the language uh, barrier, most of the dealers came up through the variable side and they don't understand service retail. I mean, they understand, so kind of, kind don't, high don't misappropriate yep. what yep. I'm saying, but they don't truly understand what goes into driving that number. So they're not comfortable talking to their fixed ops director or their service manager or their teams about it. I think we all know the personality type of most dealers, no offense, Um, And they don't want to ask for help. So I think to a certain degree, they'd like to ignore like it doesn't exist, (laughs) but it's been happening for the last 20 years or more. I tell GMs this, I've been saying it for five years.
1: If you really want to understand how your business runs, you need to move your office. You need to put your office down in, in the service drive you know switch, switch offices with the service director for a couple of weeks because you will learn more about your business you'll learn more about your customers and you'll learn more about what the future of your business looks like by exposing yourself to what goes on down there I, I, I agree with what you said i think fundamentally these guys understand that side of the business yet they just don't view it as cool or sexy or something and they spend very little time right. Here, right? And I think if they got immersed in it, like you clearly are, like I have been my whole career, I mean, to me this is the fun side of the business. Right? I agree. I mean, I, I, I probably could go sell cars, but I would never want to do that job. To me, that's just not the fun part about this. The real people side of this business, which is why I got into the business in the first place. It all happens on that service mm-hmm. So... I had to say, clearly you've been super successful. And I, you, know, you said some of them. I mean, that, they gave you a bit of a bio here about a 40-year-old Nissan store that was completely broken. You took them from what looks like last to number one uh, in customer pay labor sales, which is, is, is which is fantastic. If you were to give a new service manager one just one piece of advice on how to have a successful
0: career, what would it be? know that that's possible so I, I would I would break it down to commitment and execution okay so commitment okay. to the process and delivering the result that will deliver the highest level of customer satisfaction it just it, this is a simple business but I think we lose sight of the fact that we developed processes to meet the customer expectation knowing that it will work so you have to be able to teach your team what the end result is, and why you're doing what you're doing, so they're committed to delivering it. Because let's face it, I don't think anybody likes losing, and especially not me. So if you know the process is to duplicate a win every time, why would you not do it? I, it just comes down to people in process to right. Right. and process, I mean. Right. Now, listen, I. Uh... It, 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 it,
1: and, and this is going to be, this may sound funny coming from a technology guy, and you know, I've been a technology guy in, in my whole 30-year career, but in the end it's still a people business, right? That's it's right. about people, it's about people serving people. And you know, what i tried to do with my, my businesses over the years is to provide tools uh, to try to make that a better process for both sides, for both sure. the consumer and, and for the, the people working in the service drives. Um, This has been fun, dude. I appreciate this. Um, I've been ending my, as I try try something different for my podcast, and I'm a big, uh, most people, it's shocking to me, some people don't know who this is, but um, there's a a TV show that was on for years called Inside the Actor's Studio, and it was hosted by the late, great James Lipton, who I was a big fan of. Uh, He would interview different stuff. Celebrities and whatnot. He ended every one of his shows um, asking five questions. He asked everybody the same five questions, and I came up with my version of that. So I'm going to hit you with five questions. Let's here, go. All right. Just the first thing that comes to mind. So, what was the first car you ever owned? 1976 Cutlass. 142 No, I wish. <laughs> nice car! I bet you wish you had that thing today. Right? I do. This has been—that's been the most fun question to ask because some of the cars that people had have been
0: some really cool cars, For sure back in the days. What do you drive now? I drive a Nissan Titan. Oh, a Nissan guy. Well, those are good. Those are good. Those are big, big vehicles. Right? Being a Chicago guy, how I got nicknamed the Tennessee Titan was from one of my buddies back there. Right. And then I, I had to drive one because it fit. The, it the fit. bill, right?
1: <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely, All right, here's one that may be interesting for you, given your recent life events. But uh, if you could pick another career other than this one, what would you have done? I wouldn't. I appreciate that.
0: I wouldn't. Now, listen, I I've asked myself that same question, and I don't think I would do it differently. Either. But, I th- I think this is the best industry on the planet today, and primarily because it's predicated on two main constants, and it's constant change and continuous education, so if you have the propensity to want to learn and grow, this industry allows you to do that, and then you can communicate and meet people like you and create lifetime relationships with them.
1: Who is the person in this industry you admire the most? Is there anybody? It's always a tough one for people because they don't want to leave
0: anybody else. I, former boss, former dealer, friend, mentor. I, I learned at a very young age from a very successful parts manager and service director, fixed ops director, what not to do. And the, the flaws he had molded me because I never wanted to be that guy. So right. I don't know if this is the right answer to give no, you. it's perfect. But I, I think you learn from your mistakes, and if you don't, you're not growing. Well, no. mentors can be in several forms, right? Sure. You should sure.
1: have guys that teach you how to do it, and you can have guys that show you how not to do it. That's right. Um, and they're still successful mentors from that perspective. So. What's
0: your favorite thing about the car business? The opportunity to do this. Be here at NADA as a previous graduate. Um, There's a ton of information that if you want to learn, you can come apply yourself. If you want to meet people, you can come apply yourself. And this is a people business. You said it a few minutes ago. We were strangers a half an hour ago, and now we can walk away friends for life, right? I hope so, buddy. This has been fun. I am, uh, I am so glad that your dog found you. Me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that you're able to sit here today and have this conversation with me. It's been a pleasure to meet you. And I guarantee you, we will stay in touch. Awesome. Look forward Alrighty. to it. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks, that's a wrap.
0: Thank you for listening to Fix Ops Chops with Dave Boyle. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to visit our website at www.traction.com. That's Traction with an X to join the conversation and discover our Fix Ops bonus content.